Hi, this is the Robberator, and you can support my mad grab for power and the Sword and Laser podcast by going to patreon.com slash sword and laser. Hey everyone, welcome to the Sword and Laser. I'm Veronica Belmont. And I'm Tom Merritt. Sword and Laser is a book club, but it's so much more. We bring you author interviews, news from the world of science fiction and fantasy, and awesome discussions from fans just like you. Yep, uh, just another regular old episode in a regular old year on a regular old planet. uh, Talking about science fiction and fantasy ain't it the truth. Let me just tell you, I have never wished that we were still doing What Are We Drinking uh, at the top (laughs) of an episode more than I am today. (laughs) Uh, but it's what fine. What would is... that be, Veronica? Well, I don't know. Um, but it is a. It's a getting getting to spend some quality time with you and our sword and laser family is exactly. always always much appreciated and and time well spent. So I am Super extremely helpful. happy to be here. I have good news. What's that? Yeah, uh, this just in. I have some fiction coming out in an anthology. Ooh, tell me more. I will. It's coming out November 13th called Quick Draw, Fast and Funny Fiction. Uh, It's a bunch of experimental stuff, microfiction, flash fiction, poems, that kind of stuff. Uh, Kevin J. Anderson's in there. There's something from Piers Anthony in there. Kat Rambo, Django Wexler, Adrian Tchaikovsky, and myself. Uh, A bunch of other cool people are in there as well. All the profits for the anthology are going to the True Colors United charity. Uh, So you'd be helping that cause out as well. Uh, But it's also just a good read. Uh, So go check it out. Look for Quick Draw, Fast and Funny Fiction. You can pre-order it now. Coming out November 13th. It is an Amazon Kindle book. Sweet. Have you, um, can you tell us anything about your story? I have two in there. Um, One is a, uh, a really short treatment of Captain Min, uh, the Adventures of Captain Min, which is my NaNoWriMo this month. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is like, uh, I often will will play with stories in the year leading up to NaNoWriMo. So this is one of those. This is about Captain Min. Uh, she's on a second contact ship uh, and she's kind of, you know, dealing with finishing up one mission and dreading the next. Uh, that's that's one of the stories. And then the other story uh, is about a guy in, uh, I believe I put it in like 1994, uh, who goes in uh, to pitch a futuristic sci-fi story uh, about the year 2020. <laughs> is it dystopian? Uh, it is, uh, oh, because right. it describes the year 2020 that we're living in. Perfect. Um, I forgot to say that this is also part of the quick burn section, so let me just get that in there for Jim's sake. Let's jump to the quick burns. That makes sense because okay. my self-promotion yeah. probably belongs before the quick burns anyway. It doesn't matter. It's, you know, quick draw, quick burns. <laughs> yeah. It takes all, all kinds. Yeah, it's news. It's news to me. I mean, this is literally the first I'm learning about this. So that's newsworthy. Hey, cool. I'm glad you like it. Do you like it? I, I, I do like it. Okay, good. Whew, that's close. Well, I like, well, okay, well, what do you mean? Do I like that you... Do you like the news? I don't expect you to like, like the stories the without having read them, of course. I but, haven't read the stories, yeah, yeah. but I like that you did a thing. Thank you. That's all I was fishing for. <laughs> <laughs> 
Mark says shortlists for the British <laughs> Fantasy Awards 2020 have been released. Uh, the nominees for Best Novel are The Bone Ships by R.J. Baker, The Migration from Helen Marshall, The Poison Song by Jen Williams, The 10,000 Doors of January by Alex E. Harrow, and among the nominees for Best Newcomer are two sword and laser picks, of course, Alex E. Harrow for The 10,000 Doors of January and Tamsin Muir huh. for uh, Gideon the Ninth. And the winners will be announced in due course. I I can't pick. Those are so good, both of them. Um, although they are both really good. Alexi e. Harrow favorited a tweet that I made. So oh shit, she might oh have shit, the edge oh right shit. now. I don't know, Tamsin Muir. <laughs> I don't know. I'm I'm super. Ugh, I I loved both books, but I. I'm a bit of a Gideon the Ninth fangirl at this point. Yeah. You're totally a Gideon the Ninth. Okay, that 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 works. Then I'll go 10,000 Doors of January. That way we can sh- we can spread the love out. Perfect. Uh, Trike noted there's a huge cast shakeup on the adaptation of Why the Last Man coming to FX on Hulu next year. Uh, famous star playing one of the lead characters is being replaced by a CGI <gasps> double. That's right. Katie, the capuchin monkey, who is most famous for playing Marcel on Friends, is out as ampersand. Yet another middle-aged actress fallen victim to Hollywood ageism, writes Trike. That has got to be kind of an old monkey. (laughs) No kidding. I mean, monkeys live a long time, I think. Do they? Right? I Apparently. Unless this monkey is unusual. I do not know anything about the age expectations of capuchin monkeys. You know, I know the Pixies song, This Monkey's Gone to Heaven, but I don't know how the old the monkey in the song was. Mm. Mm. They seem to leave that out pretty yeah, specifically. Yeah. yeah. Come on, Frank. Uh, All right, we'll uh, have to- by the way, uh, Trike didn't write this, but if you're curious, there are also some other uh, cast shiftings around Why the Last Man. Olivia Thurlby has replaced Imogen Poots as Hero Brown. Ashley Romans is taking over the role of Agent 355 from Lashana Lynch. And Paul Gross replaces Timothy Hutton as President of the United States, uh, which becomes a recurring role. They were somehow hmm. going to have Hutton in all the episodes, or at least credited, uh, but Paul Gross has taken that over. And again, FX on Hulu next year, based on the graphic novel by Brian K. Vaughn et al. I learned some funny CGI news today on Reddit that I I want to share, and I can't validate this with anything or verify this, rather. As long as you're transparent about that, yeah. This is just Reddit information. Sure, Um, take it as, as, (laughs) you know, for what it's worth. Apparently, in a lot of films, they had to CGI out or replace the tales of wolves because all the wolves that were in the films trying to play angry wolves were so happy to be on set doing a good job that their tails would wag. You're like, ooh, this is fun. <laughs> a wagging tail wolf is not as intimidating as right, a right. as a scary tail wolf. So they had to replace the tails. That's definitely one I want to believe because it's a good story, whether it's actually true or not. That's hilarious, yeah. <laughs> it just, it brought me joy this morning. So I thought it would hopefully bring, <laughs> just thinking about all the good boys and girls out there who were just happy to be invited to set and, and doing a good job as, as wolves or wolf dogs. Uh, if you remind me, I have a funny election story from my sister. I'll tell you at the end of the show. Oh, okay. Uh, Jan says the Goodreads Choice Awards have started with their opening round. I thought it happened already. I could have sworn that happened. Didn't. Yeah, in 2019. <laughs> oh, jeez. No, I think we did mention that they were coming, but the voting hadn't actually started yet. 
I think that maybe that's what you were thinking of. All right. You can, among others, vote for Best Fantasy of 2020 and Best Science Fiction of 2020. And interestingly, you can vote for books that haven't been released yet, like Brandon Sanderson's Rhythm of War or The Burning God by R.F. Kuang, which I, by the way, received yesterday. I'm very happy about um, ah, well, I'm sure it's all about serving us time travelers and not a cynic move to include books with a lot of hype. <laughs> mm. Potentially. Uh, or maybe they come out during the period of the voting. I don't know. That's interesting. But yeah, Harold the Ninth's in there. Famsa Muir, Last Emperor, John Scalzi in there. Uh, oh, that the makes Hidden it Girl, easy for Ken me. Yeah. Is in there. Agency, William Gibson. I've only read one of those, unfortunately, and I feel like my reading time is going to only continue to shrink, but that's Mm, okay. mm -hmm. Uh, Tam Mahomey points out that uh, if you don't have a lot of time and you want to read something that is on that list that hasn't actually come out yet, Rhythm of War, Stormlight Archive number four is being serialized every Tuesday on tour. Uh, They're up to chapter 18 now. So as Tam Mahomey points out, in a sense, it is being released now, just very slowly. Uh, Brandon <laughs> is one guy that crushes writer's block under his heel, says Tam Mahomey. Yeah, seriously. Uh, Lauren has some more Tamsin Mirror uh, news. Uh, the author of Gideon the Ninth and Harrow and Electo has a five-book deal with Tor.com Publishing. Uh, the first of these five is Go Marching In, set on a dying post-cyberpunk Earth that's been abandoned by the rich who fled in generation ships. The main character seems to be a retired gunslinger lady that I, Lauren, am 100% ready for. Uh, I, too, sounds- Veronica... And also 100% ready for. I like a post-cyberpunk abandoned Earth. I like Tamsin Muradin's heroines. I like a retired gunslinger. Uh, What's not to love about this? Go marching in. I'm going to have to grab that for sure. Just wire up all of her books directly to my brain. <laughs> like, just not, I don't need to, like, go through this waiting period anymore. Yeah. It's just, like, just feed it directly to me. Whatever I can do. What's with wearables? You just subscribe Veronica to wants author? implantables. I did just buy a new Oasis. I've needed the a band? new Kindle for a while. I bought Oasis, uh, the <laughs> band. You know, they've been hit with a, a little bit of hard times. Didn't turn out to be the Beatles Can't that they tour. thought they were going to be. Yeah. Yeah. So I bought them. Um, I bought the new Kindle or newish oh, Kindle. Oh, that one. That Oasis. Yes. I see. Yeah. Okay. I would love to be able to just subscribe to an author and just automatically get their books to my Kindle. I mean, are we right? sure that doesn't exist somehow? I'm Amazon not sure. allows you to subscribe to antibiotics and, and pills. And why am I making some medical? I antibiotic, <laughs> not antibiotics like penicillin. I mean, like, like first, aid. I just refilled my first aid kit. That's why that was the first thing to come to my okay. mind. But Amazon allows you to subscribe to all kinds of stuff is what I'm trying to say. Yes, that is true. Um, that would be a great idea. Maybe I'll, I'll, I don't know if anyone from Amazon is listening. If not, we've probably pissed them off pretty badly in the past with other uh, <laughs> other comments we've made. Sorry Please about that. But this is an idea. This is a good idea. I think mm-hmm. you should do, do that. that. Do mm-hmm. it, Jeff. Yeah, do uh, it. Seth writes uh, that Finder author Suzanne Palmer has won the Theodore Sturgeon Award for short sci-fi Ooh. fiction with her novella Waterlines. Uh, Tor has a report on the award, and the whole thing is available to read online for free. Look at Tor. Tor's just throwing out all kinds of good stuff to read these days. You don't have to pay a dime if you don't want to, but you should if you can. I've really just been enjoying going to the Tor.com blog and just reading it lately. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't use any feed readers anymore, so I don't have a way to sub- – I, I mean, I'm sure I have a way somehow to subscribe to that content. Again, here we go. Make it easy for me. Let me subscribe to your stuff. You just want Tor.com in your brain. 
Just all the tour books, can they just come directly into my brain? I bet they would That sounded that. weird. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Mm, mm, moving on. Um, Silvana says uh, the World Fantasy Award winners have been announced. Um, having a winner in the novel category that I've never heard of is actually refreshing. Possible future sword pick? Let's see. What is it going to be? Best the novel is- winning The Queen of the Con- Conquered by Cassin Callender. Kaysen calendar? I'd, I'd go Kaysen, but I, you know, Kaysen? that might be wrong. Cool. Yeah, I haven't heard of this either. Queen of the Conquered, add it to your list. Also, best novella, Silver in the Wood by Emily Tesh. Best short fiction, Read After Burning by Maria Devana Headley. And best anthology, New Sons, original speculative fiction by people of color from Nisi Shaw. Sweet. All right, let's finish up with Trike, uh, who points out a passel of new, uh, a literal passel of new science fiction and fantasy books coming out in November. A uh, couple, Trike says, I already have pre-ordered and some I wasn't aware of. A little something for everything there. Uh, this is something that io9 does fairly regularly. I don't always catch it, so I'm glad Trike did. Uh, it's the, here's what's coming in November. And they just list, you know, all the top sci-fi fantasy books like Spellbreaker by Charlie Holmberg. And uh, The Alpha Enigma by W. Michael Gere, Best American Science Fiction Fantasy, edited by Diana Gabaldon, and and Firefly Mm -hmm. Generations by Tim Lebon. The list goes on and on and on. All the stuff that's coming out. This is always a good thing to look at if you're looking for ideas about what to read. I do have that problem. I I get very stuck. Um, I'm actually, uh, I have have finished Howl's Moving Castle um, because it is a a fast, fun read um, and started, I picked up Foundry Side by Robert Jackson Bennett, um, which has been on my to-read shelf for a long time. Very nice. um, And enjoying that so far. So yeah, it's been, I have, I did have that moment of like, what am I going to read next? Like there's too much good stuff out there. I have stuff on my Kindle that I don't remember getting. I don't know Mm, why I got, mm -hmm. did I buy it? Did I get it free? Uh, did someone recommend it? Uh, but I'm I'm reading one now. It's 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 an actual uh, fantasy novel. So I assume someone recommended it to me. Uh, but it's called Kyrene Chronicles of Kalan by Nikki Moore. Is it like Kindle Unlimited? Like, did you just like no, thought it no. sounded cool? It was. No? It's been like in my library for a long time. Hmm. I I apparently obtained it <laughs> somehow. Uh, and it's good. It's it's a it's a very classic, you know, fantasy world. Uh, a woman from a a noble family in a per in a falling race, a little witchery in a way, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and ends up living in a peasant farm and doesn't really know who she is anymore. Has barely you know little memory of of her childhood, but she escapes. For, well, not escapes, but she her, she has. Spoilery things happen that lead her to run away from the the peasant village and and try to reconnect with her her family from her memories. That sounds pretty cool, actually. Yeah, yeah, it's good stuff. It's fun when you just find something that you had no expectations about and you start reading it and you're like, this is actually really fun. Yeah, and I was like, I let me just start reading this. That's pretty good. All right. Well, now it is time for Barrier Sword, which is our feedback from the audience. Tamahome jumping in to say um, at Sword and Laser, uh, the antsy joke is trending. This is becoming a bit of a meme, one might say, in the Sword and Laser community. Meme, um, you say. A meme, a meme. Yes, Mark said over on Goodreads forums, uh, finished Star Wars The Mandalorian, this is the way, but got a little antsy on Arvala 7. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Yeah, People so it's a thing now. antsy. <laughs> 
Uh, well, if you're getting antsy for us to move along, let me fix that. Drake Tunston uh, wrote on Twitter, heard old episode 119. Old episode 119. Uh, it had a very weird bit where Tom and Veronica discussed which author they'd go cannibal on if they were trapped on a deserted island with them. Tom chose Patrick Rothfuss. I'm so sorry, Patrick. I have no memory of that. I promise I would never eat you. And Veronica chose Neil Gaiman. I'm not sure. Oh, I. Oh, my gosh. I remember why I chose Neil Gaiman. Because he hasn't been on the podcast and I was mad. Oh, 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 I see. I think that's the reason. I have no I, idea I, why I chose Patrick. Maybe I wouldn't. Mm. You wouldn't want him to do that before he finished book three. I, I wouldn't want him. Yeah, I wouldn't want him to finish book. I wouldn't want him to not finish book three. I wouldn't want to have to eat someone I knew. And I, when we've yeah. met him. Huh. Drake, let us know why. Yeah, if you yeah. remember, if you have any context, was my context was I correct in that why I chose to right. eat Neil Gaiman? That yeah. feels petty Is that you enough would for use me. That sort of a threat. Yeah, that's like you. Yeah, <laughs> I absolutely can see myself saying that. Um, I have been enjoying these time capsule comments from Drake as I know. he are, goes through good. the back catalog. Um, Keep it coming, Drake. In, in, <laughs> Chris wrote into uh, feedback at swordandlaser.com and said, I only recently became aware of your podcast this year and almost instantly became a patron. Thank you. I've been working my way up through old podcasts, and so far I've been privileged to find two great books slash authors because of your show, uh, Nine Fox Gambit um, and His Majesty's Dragon. Also love the author interviews. The one with Mike Cole was particularly good. Thank you very much for introducing these to me and for their continued entertainment and info you provide on the show. Chris, oh, thank you. Lovely. Another little time capsule thing going on there with, with Chris as well. Uh, someday Chris will catch up and Drake and hear us reading these. I'm still unsure if Drake is is listening only. Oh, the back if he's catalog. keeping up, but also just diving back. That's a good point. They yeah, might I don't know. I don't know. I think that's a lot of sword and laser. It sure is. <laughs> All right, let's jump into the book of the month discussion um, real briefly, because obviously it's only November 4th here um, at the time of recording. Non-spoilery. We did the book briefing last week. Um, Clearly, Tom and I have already finished the book (laughs) based on our conversations here on the podcast today. Come on. It is. It's super fast and cute. Um, had a note from Tomahome again who said, Howl's Moving Castle is okay, but when Howl went to the marshes, I got a little antsy. <laughs> now you're just doing that on purpose. Mm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's pretty Although funny, Although when though. Howl went to the marshes, I thought that was good stuff. That was good background. That was good revelation. Didn't you? Yeah. So, I mean, the Howl I and the Cole Castle go a lot of interesting places. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Okay. I got a well, uh, no spoilers, no spoilers. Um, I was going to continue to elaborate. Actually, there's a lot of really great threads already about this book, and I'm trying really hard to save them for the wrap up episode because they would veer into potential spoilery talk. But yeah, mm-hmm. I'm loving the conversation around this book already. Um, Ruth said uh, that, don't mind me, I'm just here to squee. Uh, she says, to say I've read this book before is a bit of an understatement. I've read it dozens of times, and it's probably my favorite book ever. Certainly the book I turn to whenever I'm in need of a comfort read. Oh, good. That's wonderful. Um, I discovered it in my local library when I was about nine or ten and immediately fell in love with the world and the characters in a fairly literal way. Howell was my first literary crush. 
the whole concept of the moving castle is enchanting, even or especially after you see the inside of the illusion. The fire demon Calcifer is both charmingly crotchety and genuinely otherworldly. All the details of the world are just the enchanted suit, the scarecrow, the hats. It's all just so magical. It also strangely down to earth. The no-nonsense way Sophie does magic is brilliant. It had some of the Terry Pratchett quality of what if you lived somewhere that was actually governed by fairy tale logic? But DWJ is more emotional and lyrical writer than Pratchett, less concerned with jokes and philosophy, and more concerned with poetry and romance and the sheer joy of magic. And she goes on to say the best bit is the reveal that Howell is actually from the magical land of blank, which is very cool. And anyway, that probably wasn't terribly coherent, but hey, don't mind me. I'm just here to squee. Oh, no, that was extremely eloquent. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. that was squeeherent. Squeeherent. That's going to be the title of the episode. (laughs) I really enjoyed this because it felt like I was discovering something I should have loved all my life. Mm, You -hmm. know, it just felt like Harry Potter or C.S. Lewis or um, uh, Wind in the Willows, uh, you know, any any of those kinds of young adult slash young child fantasy sci-fi books that that are classics. And I I think. This one, I don't know why it, it it wasn't more centrally located in my brain. It was something I'd I'd heard of, but Mm -hmm. it wasn't, you know, something top of mind for me. In fact, more recently, because of the movie that that came out not that long ago, I I think of it as the movie more than the book. But man, the the book is great. I don't want to anger any anime fans. I think the book might be better than the movie. Honestly, the movie's really good too, but I, it's funny that you say that because I'm a hundred percent in the same boat as you. I, was certainly aware of the film of the Studio Ghibli film, um, but I never the 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 book never I don't want to say occurred to me. Yeah, but it just wasn't it wasn't on my radar as much. Right, it wasn't like oh you have you have a gap in your in your literary canon if you haven't read Howl's Moving Castle, which I kind of feel like you do if you haven't. Yeah, I've now fix that for myself. I'm very curious why that happened that way. Um, maybe it's just that. You know, I got my most of my early education from my dad. Um, and if he but I kind of started reading, I didn't really read a lot of the books that are more youth oriented mm. in genre fiction until I was older, because I kind of jumped right into adult fiction as a young person. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the old joke that, you know, maybe new reader listeners haven't heard before, but old readers certainly did is like one of the first fantasy books I ever read was Cushiel's Dart, which is like (laughs) strongly not appropriate for like a 12 year old girl. (laughs) I mean, fine. I mean, takes all kinds. But like it was, you know, I was surprised at the time that my father gave me that book. People's first choice for a 10 year old girl was definitely put it that way. I think that's safe to say. I think that's pretty fair. Um, you know, definitely uh, um, formative, I mm, would say. I'm sure. F- for a young girl's mind. Um, but <laughs> And then I went on to read like Dresden, Dresden, you know, all the Dresden books. And you know, it's so funny, even saying that now, I was like, wow, I read those as a young person, but those don't feel like old books to me. Mm-hmm. And they don't feel like they've been out that long. Um, 
which I, mean, I guess is. I feel like maybe because they they continued for so long. Yeah. Maybe that's why. Because I, I remember you right. telling me about Dresden. Like, like mm-hmm. oh, I love the Dresden books. Like when we were working together at CNET. But even then, I was in my mid twenties. I wasn't a young, tiny person. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, um, where was I? Yeah. So I, I mean, things like Lion, the Witch, the Wardrobe. Um, I had read Lord of the Rings, but the, even that's not really young that's adultish. That's really a but, kids' book. That's an all. Yeah. That's everybody book. Um, yeah. Which Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe is, but it, it's got more of a kid feel than than Lord of the Rings. And maybe that's it. Maybe Howl's Moving Castle suffers from being thought of as a kids' book. Maybe. What else would you put in that in that kind of genre, the like young adult Phantom Tollbooth? Although that's a little that's a good younger. One. Um, yeah, because this is more C.S. Lewis reading level. Phantom Tollbooth's a little younger reading level. Yeah, I don't know. I guess C.S. Lewis is the closest I can think of off the top of my head. There's, I'm sure there's many of them, and I'm just kind of brain farting on them right now. James and the Giant um, Peach, that kind of stuff. Is that also too young? Like, I think it might I feel be too like young. a little bit older. Yeah, yeah. like a little bit older. Mm-hmm. Um, Encyclopedia anywho. Brown. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking like Babysitter's Club, but with like yeah. magic and stuff. Uh-huh. Sweet Valley High, but witches. I guess that's Sabrina. But also, House Moving Castle didn't wasn't a series. That might be another thing, right? Yeah, yeah, like mm. a standalone, something standalone-y. Yeah, interesting. Um, yeah, so that's 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 kind of I, I want. I wondered the same thing as well. Like, how did I miss that as part of my my young person education, or even just in general being more aware of it as a as a well read adult and genre fiction. Now, have you seen the movie? I have not. I had not either. I'd heard of it, but I hadn't watched it. So I read the book and when I was done with the mm-hmm. book, then I watched the movie. Uh, and they're very different. Uh, I, when I say I thought the book might be better than the movie, I think the story in the book might be better than the movie. Uh, the story in the movie is obviously much shorter because it's a movie, not a series. Uh, and, and they're kind of telling a different kind of story. So mm. I, I I liked the movie and I thought it was very well done. It's Studio Ghibli, for goodness sake. Of course it is. But uh, but I was like, oh, man, but I really and maybe it's just because I read the book first. You know, that could be a primacy uh, bias. But mm-hmm, but I just mm-hmm. felt like the characters were richer in the book. And I like the Which way, is what usually they the case. Yeah. You just it, have it, more it time is, to kind of pack, so that may be all, pack stuff all in. I did enjoy the movie. And, and folks, if you want to watch Howl's Moving Castle, the movie, either before or after you watch the book, uh, they are different enough. I don't think it's actually that spoilery. And you can watch it on HBO Max right now if you have HBO Max. I have that. I will watch that. Um, I think maybe I'll do that tonight. That would be a nice distraction. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's only a like hour and a half, two hours somewhere somewhere in there. Because it's either that or I'm just going to continue rewatching Shit's Creek. So, uh, non-genre related. The Queen's Gambit was very good. We're a couple episodes into that one, uh, and I'm enjoying it. Yeah. 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 Anyhow. All right. Well, that is kind of an episode. That is the that is the end of our episode. That I, I wouldn't say it's kind of. I mean, that is definitely an episode. That's an episode. Um, thank you so much for listening. Um, I think, Tom, next week you can talk about kind of like, did we talk about like the future plans for what's going on? We we made a, a brief allusion to them. But yeah, uh, Veronica is pregnant and yeah. won't be able to do the show for a while starting in December. Uh, so we have uh, Bria Grant has agreed to host the show 
with me in December. We've got other guests lined up like Mallory O'Mara, Rod Simmons from the SMR podcast, uh, and more uh, until Veronica finally is like, I've had enough. I'm coming back. <laughs> We're kind of modeling it around my my work um, maternity leave, so it'll be roughly roughly that long. Um, but yeah, the the tiny angry Wolverine uh, inside my body is is getting ready to 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 make landfall. Um, so yeah, well, well, that should be interesting. So, so I guess in two weeks it's gonna be my last episode I was for a while. Say, <laughs> the 18th will be your last one, right? Because the the next one after that will be December second. Oh my gosh! Oh my you know, gosh! Uh, well, not hopefully, not hopefully right away. Hopefully I'll have a few more weeks before, <laughs> before the baby comes. And then you'll have a baby. I should say, yeah. And then there will be a baby. Yes, there will be a human child. Um, supposedly, we, well, we assume I mean, that, we that it's human. Yeah, it yeah. seems human from what you've said. From what we've said. It's true. But thank you so much, everybody listening out there. Um, as I said, you're, you're our family, and it's it's always such a pleasure to get to escape to this podcast world, especially when things are so hectic in our real world. Um, and our show is currently entirely funded by you, our patrons, um, like Chris. So thank you to all the folks who back our show. If you want to help support us, head over to patreon.com slash sword and laser. And you can also support the show by just buying books. We've got links to books uh, that you can buy. Uh, find those links at swordandlaser.com slash pics. Send us an email, feedback at Sword and Laser. We're also on Instagram and Twitter at Sword and Laser. And you can join in on all the discussions at goodreads.com slash sword and laser. We will see you in a couple weeks. Yep. Talk to you then. Bye. Bye. Like you're there!